Welcome to the Toka Backstage Podcast. Join Toka's Executive Director, Chris Wolf, in conversations with the artists and people behind the scenes of the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation's performances and events. Hi, this is Chris Wolf. Welcome to another edition of Toka Backstage. Uh, I am pleased and honored to have uh, Mr. Mark Cordes here from The Spouse Whisperer, which will be on Saturday, January 11th. 2020 at 8 p.m. at the Armstrong Theater. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Absolutely, I'm uh, I'm honored to. It's nice to meet you, uh, video wise, and <laughs> I can't wait to come to your beautiful theater. I'm really looking forward to it. Likewise, uh, I have first have to compliment you on your choice of uh, backgrounds based on the topic of the show. I think a bedroom is is <laughs> the perfect place for this. So tell me, the spouse whisperer. What wisdom are you going to impart? What can people expect from your show? Well, I think everybody walks away with something different. The main thing I'm going to do is just make you laugh for 90 minutes up to two hours. Kind of forget about your troubles. Just come in, have some laughs. But, but I do talk about everything from love at first sight till death do us part and all the hilarious stuff that happens in between. You know, it's just a lot of fun. It's, I, here's what I get. Here's what I love is when people go, oh, my God, it sounds like you sound like you have a hidden microphone in our house. We were just having this conversation the other day or the other night or, or whatever. I just talk about men and women and what makes us tick and, and uh, how, we need, how we can improve on stuff and, and basically how we can find the humor in, in, in everything that's, that's going on with the relationship. And let's face it, everybody's in a relationship or wants to make theirs better or wants to get out of a bad one or, or whatever. So uh, I'm more than willing to help. And I know a lot about it. I've had five successful marriages. <laughs> which is a joke, by the way. Some people freak out on that. I'm on my second and last marriage. I, I've met the, uh, the love of my life, and uh, we're having a blast. And we just feel like, or I just feel like if we can uh, make other couples laugh and realize that, you know, don't take this too serious. You should be serious in your relationship, but everything doesn't have to be a, a challenge. I, I, I hear you. I, it's funny. Sometimes when I, uh, my wife and I get in these little tiffs, it's like, at, at a certain point, you just have to look and go, I'm, it's like, really? We're talking about the, and then we just both, both start laughing and it's like, okay. You obviously, I, I know you have a history of as a stand-up comic, right? Yeah, 32 years I've been traveling around the country, uh, literally coast to coast, 49 states, 18 countries, uh, telling jokes. And uh, just a few years ago, I thought, you know, I, I need to get out of the comedy clubs. They're, they're, skewing totally young demographic i need to get into the theaters and uh, that's where my age group and my demographic is and i realized that all the material that i enjoyed writing about it and performing was all about relationships and uh, and hence the spouse whisperer was born and uh, it's been a lot of fun and so if somebody comes to you uh, and says what makes you an expert on marriage what's your typical response well i think as a stand-up and I, i'm just a real I love to observe everything, relationships, and just the, I, I see the silliness in a lot of things that other people just don't don't see. I think that's what makes you a good stand-up. And when it comes to uh, relationships, I just see kind of like what you're saying with you and your wife. You know, sometimes we get hung up on the on the stuff that doesn't really matter. Uh, my wife and I, if we start to argue, she'll just, you know instead of saying something that that could escalate it. So just go, oh, go jump in a lake or something silly like that, the old time. And that, that's just so ridiculously silly that we laugh about it and just move on. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of couples, 
they, they get they get really good at arguing, and all of a sudden, that's what their specialty is. And we get we just find the humor in things. That's kind of our specialty. Do you find that there's like one piece of solid advice that you can give just across the board that is like targeted at just about any couple? I think, and it sounds corny, and I have no illusions of being Dr. Phil, although I have the similar airline, but, uh, you know, just a respect for your spouse, just seeing that they're doing, you know, you're all hopefully trying to achieve the same end game, and that is a long, happy life together. You know, when people get married, they say, till death do us part, and a lot of people say it, but they evidently don't mean it because they're on their third or fourth marriage. So uh, I always tell people, you know, if, if you come to see my show a couple of years ago, I could have saved a lot of alimony. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we just kind of, we just kind of have fun with, but, but like I said, I have so many couples that come up and say, you know, we were really challenged about whatever the topic is, whether it's uh, in-laws or the way they discipline their kids or, or their, uh, their romantic department. Everybody's got, uh, everybody compares their life to what they see on, on social media and TV. And that's so skewed and not real. And so we kind of have a little bit of fun with, with all those topics. And I have a lot of people, it's, it's kind of funny now, the word's getting out about the show, and I have a lot of people that are in the relationship business, whether they're marriage counselors or divorce attorneys or whatever, that come and see the show, and they say, man, you know what, we laughed our butt off for a couple hours, but there was a lot of really good advice packed in there, too. So that, that makes me feel the best. <laughs> you know, whoever said laughter is the best medicine was on to something, so we try and that to the relationship. Yeah, I, I, I would have to tend to agree with that. I think uh, people t sometimes take things just a little too seriously. But do, so do you find now that with the, with the, the rise of, of reality television that there, there's a whole new, I guess, thought into marriage? I mean, I, I, personally, I, I look at some of these shows and it's like, was that one where it's like, you never meet somebody and then it's like, you're supposed to marry them. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Has, do you think that the, the institution of marriage has gotten a little askew? Well, I definitely those shows. I think there was one called 90, 90 day fiance. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And it's like, you think you can meet somebody on the, I mean, I, I've, I've been talking to you online now for 10 minutes. I don't think we're ready for a second date yet, much <laughs> less a marriage. And it's just hysterical to me that people think that, you know, now with an app, you can find everything from uh, from a date to uh, just a meaningless sexual relationship on Tinder uh, through an app. It's it's kind of cheapened it and it's kind of made it it's made it appear to be easier than it really is. You know, let's I don't know how long you've been married. Hopefully, you know how long have you been married, Christian? <laughs> Twenty years. All right. See, it's a lot of work, and anything worth doing is worth uh, working hard at and keeping it, keeping it fresh. So, uh, yeah, people that think you can watch a 30-minute TV show, 90, 90 Day Fiancé, and, and, or, or watch the Kardashians, or I've never watched any of those, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really kind of, I don't want to say cheapened it, but it's distorted the view of what relationships can and should be. What do you think is the, I, I, just to get off topic for a second, what do you think is the appeal to stuff like that for people to watch? I mean, is it the old, uh, like, auto accident where it's just like looky loose, like this is going to be devastated. I have to watch this or is it, do you think maybe there's somebody in there saying, well, maybe I can do that? Well, I think it's all across the board. There's a lot of escapism, you know, where people just see, you know, that's the problem with, 
you know, I had grandparents who were married 60 years. And the reason they stayed married 60 years is because they held each other's hand, not a cell phone. You know, they weren't checking their Instagram to see what their best friend was eating. They weren't looking at everybody else on their vacation photos and, and measuring their daily life versus all these other people. They were in the trenches uh, slogging away and having, you know, doing the best they could and loving every minute of it and, or not loving every minute of it, but respecting each other. And that's how they made, made it to 60 plus years, you know. I think that social media has really, it's almost, you know, reality TV and social media are almost misnomers because reality TV is not real. I mean, I, I know enough about a lot of reality TV shows. It's, it's, it's more scripted than this interview, obviously. And um, social media can be really antisocial because you've got a lot of people that don't even face-to-face -face see anybody anymore. They're on their, they're on their uh, smartphones all the time. So uh, I don't see it necessarily as being progress as much as uh, escapism and just – and let's face it, people are addicted to, to their devices, you know. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, true, true. So here's an, I, I've been actually curious about this because, you know, we, we have an audience that's multi-generational, multi-ethnic city, and just across the board diverse. Would you say that your show would be equally relevant to maybe same-sex couples? I have uh, same-sex couples all the time that come to the show, and, and, and uh, you know, they laugh about it. They say, oh, my gosh, it's nice to know that the issues that we have, whether it's two men or two, two women, they kind of cross all the boundaries. So, yeah, it's same-sex. I have not seen uh, any racial diversity that is immune from the problems and the laughs that we have in this show. One of the cool things I do, I'm going to hold this up, I do a, uh, a little comment card questionnaire that people pick up on their way in, and they can ask me a question. They can put their name on it or not. They can remain anonymous. They can ask me any question that they want. We collect it up during the intermission, and then the second part of the show is answering these questions. And it's the most fun part of the show for me because I get to find that people in, in Torrance are the same as Tampa. <laughs> the people in, in the Seattle are the same as Boston with their questions. And, uh, by the way, one of the fun things we've, we've done now is we decide who had the best comment or question, and that couple wins dinner for two in a movie. So uh, I've, I've found out that if I bribe people, they turn in more questions. <laughs> um, but it's hysterical because I could hold up questions and, and say, guess where this came from? You don't know if it came from San Francisco or Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, people think we're a lot more alike than we really think we are. And... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I have, I have, uh, I was up in the Bay Area. I had a lot of same sex couples come to the show and they said, thanks for speaking to, uh, issues that we have. And so, yeah, I, I think racially, uh, same sex or not, I hate to be so broad, but I think it's kind of for everybody. I have people 20 years old or people 90. I think the oldest couple I've had that I know about was in their 90s. And they said, man, hysterical. And, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm rambling here. Yeah. But it's a show that's it's a show that's for all ages. I don't get raunchy. Uh, I think that just dropping a bunch of f bombs is lazy and it's a crutch. I'd much rather be clean and clever and and make you think and laugh than to shock you. So uh, you know, I, I, 
the best compliment I get, and I get it all the time, is people say, man, that was hysterical, and, and my grandparents could have been here, or my grand, or my, my parents, or, or my grandkids should come see your show. So uh, it's, it's truly a show for everybody. Awesome. And I think, I think your point, I mean, your, your point is well made that marriage is just two people and it doesn't matter same sex, black, white, brown, whatever. It's just two people. Heck, I've got, I've got cats and sometimes you get two cats in the same bed and the other cat will push the other one out. It's like, it's my life sometimes, you know, it happens. Exactly. And it's, it truly is. And that's hysterical, by the way. And and it's it, it tends to fall into the same topics. You know, a lot of a lot of marriages and relationships fall apart due to like arguing about finances or arguing about their love life. One of them thinks they're not uh, having a frequent enough love life, and the other one's like, "Geez, give it a rest." And, and by the way, I don't assign sexes to those two because that goes both ways. You know. Oh yeah. Um, so the challenge is whether it's. Those topics, uh, whether it's economics or uh, a lack of a love life, doesn't matter if it's two men or two women or, or a man and a woman. They're all, uh, you know, we're all using the same currency. And so um, after the show, do you, do you uh, have an exchanges with the people in the, in the lobby? Absolutely. One of the most fun things I do is I, uh, I find the, during the rehearsal or during the sound check, I find the fastest way to get from the stage to the lobby. And I love to be out there and answer, uh, you know, talk to people and meet people. And uh, I'm a real social person. I'm a, I'm a Midwest guy at heart. I grew up in the, in the middle of the country. And uh, I love talking to people. I think the more you find out about your fans, you get more fans. Because you find out really what they liked about the show. And, and uh, I have a lot of different kind of fun elements. We have a fun little video in, uh, introduction to the show. And some fun little video clips and, and stuff like that. So it's kind of multimedia. And what, what, during your exchanges with the audience, what's some of the uh, comments that you get or, or, or questions about, has there been like a, a one hysterical moment for you with talking to your fans? Well, during the show, I had, uh, I'm going to give this, I'll do this during the show, so I'm going to spoil it. This is a spoiler alert for anybody that's going to come to the show. But I find out who's been married certain points of time, where the newlyweds, I do a bunch of material. Well, first, Anybody here single? I do material about single people. And anybody here that's engaged? Any newlyweds? I, I move up the spectrum. And I find out who's been married the longest. And that's quite phenomenal to me to see that a couple that's been married 50-plus years might be sitting next to a couple that's getting married next week. And so we kind of bounce that. I, I do a lot of crowd work. And one night I had a gentleman, uh, I said, who's been married the longest? And, man, there was no delay. This guy shot his hand up. He said, I think we're going to win. And I said, very confident of you. How, how have you been married? He said, 71 years. And everybody in the audience clapped, uh, justifiably so. And when, I, when they stopped, I looked at this couple and I said, what's the key to staying married 71 years? And they, he looked at me and said, just don't die. And, uh, <laughs> and the whole, you know, 800 people in the room just lost it because it was hysterical. And it, it was like, I couldn't have set it up any better. And this, uh, this 90 plus year old man just brought the house down. So, uh, that was pretty fun. The, the only better response would have been after you asked him how long, what's the secret if you went, what? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, I get that all the time, too. <laughs> you know, or I'll get the guy that refuses to answer, and I say, well, there it is right there. There's the, there's the trick. But, yeah, we have a – so there's – I, I will say this. 
the show is funny from beginning to end, but the second half of the show where I'm dealing with, uh, uh, with the audience questions and comments is hysterical because you can tell it's off the cuff. I'm really quick on my feet. Uh, that's the benefit of doing this for 32 years in front of a live audience. Every show is different. And so uh, some of my best material in the first part of the show actually came from questions or comments that I got in a previous you know, comment card from another city. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, it's amazing to me. People, people in London, England have the same concerns about their relationship that people have in, uh, in uh, Portland, Oregon. Similar weather, too, by the way. <laughs> and I, th- I, I think your, your point is well taken that it's, it's truly universal. I mean, everybody's, you know, it's a universal topic. One of the things that the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation does besides present a season of shows and bring in artists such as yourself is we try to encourage and mentor young artists and performers and try and give them, you know, support when we can. So I always like to ask people, what words, I mean, you've been doing this a while, you've seen the country and seen the world. What words of wisdom would you give to a young person who wants to break out and be a, artist or a comedian? Well, if they want to be a comedian, I would uh, encourage them to seek counseling. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, you know what? I used to sell real estate. When I, uh, I went through a divorce, my only divorce, 34 years ago, and I was depressed and wondering what was going to happen, and I wandered into a, after selling real estate one day, I wandered into a little local uh, watering hole here in Arizona and had some drinks with some friends and all of a sudden at nine o'clock the lights went down and it was amateur comedy night and uh, unbeknownst to us we watched 20 guys get up and try and be funny and, and 19 of them weren't the only one that was was david spade who's who's since then and still a good friend of mine and uh, when it was all over my friend said you should try that and long story short the next week i tried it and and here we are 32 i, I dabbled with it for a couple of years and now uh, 32 years ago, I gave up the real world and, and chased this dream, and it's been a long, crazy road. Uh, looking back on it, I wouldn't have changed anything. I love what I do. I would encourage anybody that's young that wants to be whatever you want to be to go for it. My theory was I didn't want to sit back someday when I was 75 years old and think, what, what would have ever happened if I would have tried to be a comedian? I think, you know, there's there's a well, it was a great old quote. I think it might have been uh, Twain that said, uh, most men die at 75, but their dreams died 50 years before that. So don't let that happen. Chase your dream. I think you ought to live where you want to live. You ought to be, you ought to spend time with who you love to be with. I think if you can create those scenarios around you, you got a better chance. You know, if you want to be in, in acting or, or, or that business, you need to be in California. So, uh, or New York. So you should be where you want to be, be with who you want to be with, and then just chase that dream and, and don't ever think uh, don't ever think it can't happen because it can. I mean, look at me. Now I'm talking I'm talking to you. 32 years ago, if you'd have told me I'd be on a video conference with you, <laughs> I'd have said, what's a video conference? <laughs> exactly. Right, exactly. That would be the thing. It's like, you're a what? <laughs> what? Some, of the, some of the technology is like just... I mean, growing up as children with Batman and, and Dick Tracy, it's like all of a sudden you do actually have a video watch that was unheard of back then. I know. I'm dating myself, but, you know. <laughs> so what's, what's 
your ultimate goal for people to walk away what when you do your show what what do you hope people walk away with i want them to walk out of the, i mean my dream and my goal and luckily it's been the case i want them to when the whole show is over and on the they walk out of the theater i see a lot more couples holding hands on their way out of the theater than on their way in and that's a win for me i want them all to realize that guys you know what we're messed up but, but ladies, guess what? You, you kind of are too. Let's just go into this thing. You know, everybody wants to be with the perfect person. Well, it's not going to happen. We're humans. We're, we're flawed. So let's just hang on tight and enjoy the ride. I want people to, uh, have, like I said earlier, forget about their problems for a couple hours. Turn your cell phone off. Sit back and laugh. And, uh, you know, boy, nothing, nothing feels better than a good belly laugh. And if we can string together a couple hours worth of that, uh, you know, I think it's it's time well spent. I, I, I will say this: the, old, the one of the benefits of getting older is you really realize how precious time is. When you're uh, the, the analogy I use, I like to play golf. I'm on the back nine. I'm way into the back nine. I got a lot more uh, time behind me than in front of me. So I want to have fun with, with the time I got left. And I never take that for granted when people come to see a show because they had to they had to drive to the theater and spend a couple hours and spend some money and I want them to realize that I appreciate it and I want them to walk out saying you know what that was that wasn't time spent or money spent that was an investment in us so that's the best uh, review I can get when I get feedback a week uh, or, or, or longer from the venues and they always say man you know we've, we've got nothing but rave reviews everybody loves it we can't wait to have you back doesn't get any better than that True, true. That's that, and actually, that's a great compliment. That it, it's not just money spent, but it's an investment. It is. I think people need to look at attending performances more like that because it's not only. I mean, even granted, they're they're walking away from your show with how to live happily ever after. But even just going to just a concert or a play, it's like it feeds the soul, right? It does, and you know what? I've been very blessed over over thirty years. I've opened with, with a lot of uh, for a lot of musical artists. I mean, I've toured with the band Chicago and the Doobie Brothers and and Hall and Oates and Willie Nelson and Ray Charles. And I just did a, an event. Uh, I was the opening act for Boz Skaggs. I'm sure you know who Boz is. A lot of the younger people don't. But, but I get this all the time where people come up and say, "You know what? I've got his album." Whoever those artists are. But man, you can't beat going to see a live performance and getting that energy from a, off. You know, you can sit in your living room and, and listen to a DVD. That's not the same as being in a theater and getting that live performance, whether it's music or, or comedy. You know, I always tell people, don't look at a comedian's video because nobody, if they're any good at all, nobody's as funny on video as they are live. Because you just get that vibe from all the, not just the performer, but the people sitting around you. Yeah, I think that's true, too. It's like even with movies, if you watch a, like a comedy on Netflix at home in front of you on your sofa, that's, it may be you may chuckle. But if you go into a theater and that same funny moment happens, it's like it's contagious. It, it absolutely is. There's nothing. I, and by the way, that's that's the best part of being a comedian. You know, an, an actor, when they're doing a movie, they deliver a line and they think, gosh, I hope this plays well on the on the screen. With comedy, you don't ever have to wonder because there's an immediate feedback or not. And if you're not getting the feedback, you know you got to change it or drop it. 
Right. So that's the beauty of, of stand-up comedy. Every joke is like an independent little play, and you get immediate feedback on whether or not the, audi- the audience liked it. So uh, that's the, the theaters are just, I mean, what, what you guys provide for the viewing audience is, uh, is unmatched. Well, thank you. So tell me, what, what comedy club do you like performing the most in, and which one did you like least? Well, you know what's weird, and, and people kind of don't understand this until I explain it. Some of the best, most fun cities in the country that I love to go on vacation and hang out in are not necessarily the best comedy club audiences, and there's a reason. Like, for example, San Diego. I mean, it's a beautiful city, and the climate's perfect, and I like the people and all that. They've never really had a long-term, successful, good comedy club because there's a lot of other stuff to do in, in San Diego. Now, conversely... Des Moines, Iowa, okay, or Columbus, Ohio, or Omaha, or, or some of those places, Dayton, Ohio, you think, oh, you know, but they have phenomenal comedy audiences because, or Minneapolis, Minnesota, if you go there in the, in the middle of the winter, there's 600 people in a comedy club laughing their butt off because what, what are their options? <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, now in, in the LA area, I've performed at all the improvs, you know, whether it's Brea or Irvine or Hollywood or, or whatever. And they're great comedy clubs because they've really nurtured a well-educated comedy audience. But, uh, yeah, the cities I like going to for, for pleasure are not necessarily the best cities that I like going to for, for entertainment. And it, but the cool thing is, after doing this as long as I have, I've, got, I've developed friends and, and, for lack of a better word, fans all over. So if I go to Denver, if I go to Denver Colorado to do the improv there, I can tell you that I know there's going to be a couple dozen people uh, that I just know are going to make it in to see a show because they like what I do. So, well, having seen part, you know, part of your show, I haven't seen the whole thing just because it hasn't been on video for me to watch. But from what I've seen, I know our audience is going to love you as well because uh, you are hysterically funny. And I know that every person out there, whether currently in a relationship or ending a relationship or trying to start one, is going to walk away with some great words of wisdom. Well, thanks. And you know what I tell people? If your relationship didn't work out and you're kind of bummed out about it, come on out and see a show. We'll do an autopsy on why it didn't work. And we'll make sure that you're a little better educated and looking for the right things and make sure the next one works better. Perfect. All right. Well, we are out of time. Thank you so much, Mark. I certainly do appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing you on January 11th at 8 o'clock at the Armstrong Theater. I'm looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to all your, uh, all your regulars coming to the show and tell, bring some friends. The only thing better than laughing with your, with your spouse or your, your partner is a bunch of your partners and a bunch of your friends. So uh, bring some friends out and have some laughs. And like I said, it's a show for the whole family. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks, Christian. Appreciate it. Bye-bye.